everyone for another episode of according to rp on wjms media powered by black ivy media it's your girl rita pierre your host and as always i hope you guys are striving thriving and surviving in these streets so happy sunday everyone and happy new month last week we had some technical difficulties that robs me of my introduction. And so I was not able to acknowledge that we are in fact in a whole new month. We are in the month of October. We are in a different season, a new season. It's Libra season. So shout out to all of my Libras out there. But October is a very heavy month, I would say. There are two major awarenesses that are, in a sense, I don't want to say celebrated, that are that are highlighted every October and that's Domestic Violence Awareness Month and Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And so we are definitely going to be talking about both um, throughout the rest of this month on both According to RP and on the Black Ivy Media platform. In case you guys are not following us on Black Ivy Media, we are on IG. We are on, I just said it, IG. (laughs) We are on Instagram. We are on Facebook. We're on YouTube. We're on Twitter. So make sure that you follow us at Black Ivy Media so that you can be privy to some of the content that we have, right? Also want to uh, note that we have our open mic night that's going to be taking place on October 23rd, Sunday, October 23rd at the Brooklyn Commons, which is 495 Flatbush Avenue in Brooklyn, New York, between the hours of 5 and 7 p.m. It is a free event, but we ask that you please RSVP on Eventbrite at www.bim openmic2.eventbrite.com or you can make it simple go to our Instagram click on the link in bio and you can register there we had an amazing um poetry in the park event that took place in August however unfortunately due to the location and the and I guess whatever glitch was going on with Google Maps many of the individuals who had signed up um, who wanted to participate were not able to locate us in the park. And so from that, we've gotten a lot of inquiries. We've had a lot of people contact us and ask us, when are we going to have another in-person open mic night? And so the people asked, so we are giving the people what they want. So we're going to have this open mic poetry slam on October 23rd between the hours of 5 and 7 p.m. at the Brooklyn Commons, which is located at 495 Flatbush Avenue. And so if you are interested, because it's an open mic, so, you know, come with your poetry, come with your song, come with your words of affirmations. We are here to receive all of it. So. Today, we have a very special uh, guest by the name of Samuel Pierre, and we're going to talk about the current state of Haiti. For those of you who are in tune with some of the underground news, because this is not really being showcased on the mainstream news, you know that Haiti is going through a humanitarian crisis right now. In fact, it is 
classified as being in a humanitarian crisis, a humanitarian catastrophe. I've seen other news outlets, um, you know, state, but it is going through some very, very hard times. And so the question that many have is, well, what can be done for Haiti? What can we do for Haiti? As recent as I guess maybe just two days ago, the news reported that Haiti is seeking military assistance, uh, foreign military assistance at that. And there are many who are opposed to this because, again, if you're familiar with the history of Haiti, we've had, you know, American occupation there. The UN has occupied there. And many have said, you know, what has that yielded for the country, right? It has not put us in in a better position and that another foreign military intervention might just, you know, might just be the end of Haiti, right? But then there are those on the other side who are like, well, if if we don't have foreign military intervention, then what, right? Things are out of control. You know, there's fuel shortages, there's food insecurity. Um, safety is, is, in a sense, you know, non-existent. People are dying of hunger. Hospitals lack supplies. Hospitals are shutting down. Gang violence has riddled the country. What can we do? And so we have the amazing Samuel Pierre, who is the executive director of the Haitian American Caucus. He's no stranger to the According to RP show. And he is going to kind of, um, I guess, engage in a conversation rather, right? I, I don't want to say he's going to answer the questions because nobody at this point really can give clear answers as to what can be done. But based on his experience, based on his knowledge and based you know, on his current dealings with the country through the nonprofit, he can lend, you know, some, some, some points, I guess, with respect to how can the diaspora really engage and really, you know, assist in a sense, I guess, in what's going on in Haiti right now. So you definitely want to keep it locked for that. I do want to say that this is a conversation and it wasn't planned, but it's in a sense a continuation um, on this conversation about Haiti because last week we had the amazing Marie Pereira, who is an immigration advocate. She is a nurse. She is an attorney and she is the owner of a nonprofit organization that is working with the migrant community. For those of you who are unaware uh, in 2021, there was a migrant crisis under the Del Rio Bridge in Texas, where, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, thousands of Haitians cross into the border. And right now, what we are seeing is that this situation it's not cease just because we're not hearing about it anymore. It doesn't mean that all of a sudden, you know, everything has been settled with the migrants. It's still a crisis. And I think it was what either yesterday or the day before yesterday, uh, Eric Adams, the mayor of New York City, held a press conference talking about the difficulties that New York City is facing with respect to, you know, receiving the migrants. You know, there the resources are no more and it's not sustainable. This idea of the border states shipping uh, migrants to, you know, safe havens such as or sanctuary states such as New York and such. So, you know, Haiti, unfortunately, it's been in the news, you know, as somebody who's Haitian American who loves the country of Haiti. My parents are from Haiti. I've been to Haiti. I've, I've done relief work in Haiti. I've engaged in Haiti. 
um, it's really, really difficult, you know, for us to sit back and watch wondering what can we actually do, right? Because many have opinions on what can be done, what should be done, but what can we actually do? Those of us who are here in the diaspora um, that have so much love for this country. And so this is not a series on Haiti. It's just, it just so happened to fall into place. And at the end of the day, I like to use my platform to raise awareness in the best way that I know how, right? Um, I might not be able to be on the ground giving assistance at this point in my life, but I can definitely use my platform to raise awareness, to get people's wheels spinning so that, you know, others who may have more resources or who may have some sort of insight can move forward in, you know, potentially getting to a solution with what, what happens with Haiti. So either way, I'm not going to go into the preliminaries this week. I know I didn't give it to you last week. I'm not going to go into it this week only because uh, I definitely want to keep time for this conversation with Samuel Pierre. And so with that being said, everyone tune into the meat of the show. All right, everyone, I'm here with my very special guest, Samuel Pierre. Samuel, please say hello. Hey, how are you? Thank you for having me again. <laughs> of course, of course. Great to have you back again as well. So, Samuel, there are individuals who this may be their first time tuning into According to RP. So although you are not an RP uh, newbie, could you please just reintroduce yourself for the people? Sure. Hey, my people, my name is Sam Pierre. I am the executive director of the Haitian American Caucus. We are the premier community development organization in the United States of America. And we have locations also in Haiti, uh, where we offer a uh, education campus uh, on four acres of land for about 900 plus students. Uh, and here in the U.S. Uh, domestically, we provide uh, community development workshops because we believe that access to information and resources will foster self-development and success. I'm also 5'10", uh, very handsome. Um, uh, I got a few, I got a, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit educated, but I am part of the beard gang. Oh gosh, the beard gang. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for think. Thank you for giving us your specs. So for those of you who are interested in uh, his 510 beard gang self, please do not DM me. Do not DM me. This is not a dating show. <laughs> All right. So, Samuel, um, you know, the reason I wanted to get you on today is because you are, you know, connected to Haiti in more ways than one, right? You are Haitian American. Both of your parents are Haitian. You know, we're related. Um, but, um, you have an organization that is also based in Haiti. So, you know, there's a lot going on in the news right now. And so I guess even though I right. kind of gave some of your connection to Haiti, is there a little more that you would like the people to know with respect to your engagement in Haiti? Because, you know, whenever we have these conversations, there's always, you know, bias, right? With respect to right. you know how Haitian are you? So, Samuel, how right. Haitian are you? <laughs> uh, well, let's let's see. You know, um, I'm before pre-COVID, it wouldn't be foreign for me to be on a plane to Haiti six to seven times a year, right? Um, I have I have vested interest in Haiti. 
Um, I believe that um, Haitians Americans have a responsibility to help rebuild that country, especially since America was, you know, that was 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 uh, the bank that held all of the monies that Haiti had to send to France, and we took a nice little cut, right? So I do believe that that America has a responsibility in um, in revitalizing and and reforming Haiti. Uh, especially Haitian Americans. So, yes, I'm very, um, I'm very involved in Haiti. One may, uh, you know, one one may say that I'm a, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm playing an integral role in developing Haiti. Um, um, like I mentioned earlier, we've developed over four acres of land in Haiti. Uh, we've developed economic uh, development programs, infrastructure development programs, educational development programs in Haiti, um, and we've expanded. We're in Quadabuke. We're in Okai. We're in um, Okap, you know, we're in the South and we're in the North. Um, and I'm also very proud to, to say that I'm a, a, a founding member of the Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated um, Tau Beta Lambda chapter, which sits in uh, the Republic of Haiti. So we're not only um, investing in our own personal projects, but we're expand- we've expanded our fraternity for uh, brothers who are um, who are also in the mission of, of helping uh, Haiti, um, as well, do it under the the auspices of Alpha Five Fraternity Corporate. So, so uh, I'm very invested in Haiti. Um, when I retire, I'm going to retire in you know to Haiti, and I'm going to be a, forever a Haiti ambassador. All right, all right. So it sounds like you're very Haitian. <laughs> yes, yes, very, very Haitian. <laughs> okay, so you know, unfortunately, recently the news outlets have reported that. You know, Haiti is facing a humanitarian crisis. Some call it a humanitarian catastrophe. Um, And, you know, unfortunately, this is not primetime news, right? Unless you're, you know, into, I guess, the social media uh, outlets where you're following, you know, Haitian-American or Haitian social media, you're not really plugged into what's currently going on over there. But according to the news outlets, Haiti is in the midst of a humanitarian crisis. Now, why is that? Like, what's so? What is actually happening in Haiti right now? Just so that our our listeners can get a sense of what's really going on. Right. I um. I'm going to give my listeners a very um open minded view. Right. Because I'm I, I want to assume I'm going to take an assumption of who my listeners are. I'm going to assume that none of my listeners are, um, you know, reporters not that, that are on the ground in Haiti. I'm going to assume that none of my listeners, uh, majority of my listeners were not born in Haiti. I'm going to assume that majority of my listeners are what we call the, the diaspora, diaspora's, <laughs> right, who may have interest in Haiti. They may have been born to parents who were born there. They're young professionals in America who feel connected to the country, even though they barely spend any time to actually find out what's going on. Right. right. So I'm going to assume that's my that's my audience. So I'm going to I'm going to preach in their language. Right. Okay. Um, so here's the thing. Here's the deal. Right. You know, I'm not I'm not going to bore everybody with the history of Haiti and how France did this and da 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 da. Y'all could go read it in the New York Times. Right. Because they did a great job with that. I'm not going to bore you guys with that. Here's the thing. You cannot, you can't, can, and I want to be very clear about what I'm about to say. Can the United States go from a democracy for all these years and install a king? Can we do that? 
No. Okay. Why can't we just say, you know what? Let's make LeBron James the king of, Amer- of the United States of America and Savannah James. I mean, there's a process that has to be followed, right? Okay. But even if we were to continue that process, could you, Rita Pierre, now submit to a king and a queen in the United States of America when you spent the last 24 years of your life, because I know you're only 24, Amen. with a president? No. Okay. We're asking a country that has had a dictatorship as its supreme ruling power for God knows how many years. Oh, yeah, whatever. Forget, yeah, just try this democracy thing. <laughs> Trust me. No, 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 no. Trust me. It's going to work. Trust me. Rita, who cares if there was President George Washington, Jefferson, Adam? Who cares? Just try LeBron James as your king. And now because LeBron James is your king, you have to pay even more taxes, Rita, to LeBron James and his wife. Oh, guess what? The house that you own, your house now belongs to the monarch, Rita. No more you can own a deed. You can rent from the monarch, but you cannot own property under this new uh, uh, monarch. Can't do it no more. It's changed. I know, Rita, all your life you've been working to buy a house and we talk about home ownership and black, you know, and black wealth and generational wealth. But yeah, forget all that. We're doing a monarch now. You can never own a property in the United States of America. How would you feel? I would feel like crap. I would feel like, <laughs> Yo, <laughs> I mean, like what crap the is an understatement. That's an understatement. Yeah, you would be like, wait, what the hell? So imagine after all these years of a dictator, well, they told you what time to go to bed. They told you what time to get up. They told you you were the greatest. They told you nobody can mess with you, right? And the price for you being the best is that, ah, you kind of sort of, you know, got to listen to everything we say, right? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, oh, yeah, yeah, we're going to do a democratic election. How do we expect for our country to just be like, oh, yeah, sure. Our parents right now will tell you that under the dictatorship, the country was perfect. They loved it. Right. My mom, it's interesting (laughs) you say that. My mom has had that very conversation. Since I was a kid, she was saying that. She's like the best times of Haiti. The best times of Haiti when we were in dictatorship. They had movie theaters. My mother even told me there was a McDonald's in Haiti. Mercy. So now, now you, you, you switch the whole thing on generations of people and just expect for it to work right there's no more mcdonald's there's no more theaters there's no more kids who can roam the streets freely and comfortably because we have this thing called democracy that we're forcing down a a country who's not familiar with it so you have people who are like oh it's a democracy so i can say whatever i want Mm -hmm. you know i don't like what rita said i'm gonna shoot her it's a democracy right they don't know what a democracy. The country wasn't founded on a democracy. How are they going to understand? Actually, you can't really um, shoot Rita in democracies. That's not how it works. In dictatorships, you can do that. In a democracy, you have to argue with Rita, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> and guess what? You can leave the meeting, and you and Rita could agree to disagree. That's how democracy works. Oh, I don't know. They never told me that. They just told me we're in a democracy now. Right. <laughs> I didn't know the rules of engagement of democracy. How would I know? I never had one before. So I'm saying all that because someone might be like, Sam, what the hell does that have to do with the humanity? You're forcing a democracy onto a country that 
does not even, the fabric of the country doesn't even understand a democracy. So now you have turmoil. And because you're so gung-ho about making this democracy thing work that you're like, all right, there's turmoil. We're going to step back in to help, right? So many times the people have shown you that this democracy thing does not work. But guess what the humanitarian community does? They come in. Mm-hmm. And Rita, if you have to come into a law firm to help shape up the whole law firm, are you going to be like, oh, I'm not going to take any money. I'm not going to take any resources. I'm not going to take an office. I'm not going to take a car. You want me to clean up this law firm? I'm not going to take anything. I'm just going to clean up the law firm and leave. Right. Is that what you're going to say? Of course not. Oh, you know what you might say, Rita? Well, if you want me to clean up this law firm, I might have to get paid 300000 a year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, and I also might need a car. I also might need a parking spot. I might need a nice corner office, right? I need an expense account. Because why? You're cleaning up the mess of the law firm. So now let me ask you this, Rita. What if you've been cleaning up the mess of the law firm for the last 10 years and now somebody comes up to you and goes, oh, yeah, Rita, we're going to wind down and you can go back to making $75,000 a year because you did a good job. Are you going to be happy about leaving, Rita? Of course not. Oh, okay. So might you maybe not work so hard to finish fixing the problem? Of course not. Why would oh, I? What's okay. the incentive? There's no, there's What's no the incentive? incentive? What is the incentive for the for the power countries for Haiti to work? What's the incentive? So you mean to tell me this country has so many resources in there? Gold, beautiful private islands, right? It's chaos. So people are leaving. People are leaving deeds. Some people don't even have birth certificates. So you can come in and your company could be the company that creates birth certificates for people that live in Haiti. And we're going to pay you $3 million a year just to create birth certificates on Microsoft Word. <laughs> You're going to say no. Obviously. So now all of a sudden the country's fixed, right? Oh, the country's fixed. We don't need any more humanitarian aid. There's no more fights. There's no more issues. There's no more oil shortages. Everybody's fine. All right, everybody, get the hell out. Okay, it's fine. You know what? I was making $300,000 in Haiti doing nothing on a beautiful island, sipping on uh, margaritas and coconuts, but now I have to go back to America and deal with the winter and make uh, four times less the amount that I was making. Okay, sure. Well, hey, at least I have the country, right? At least the country is fine now. Yeah, right. There's no incentive for Haiti to work. Hmm. There's none. So since there's there's no incentive for for people to, for people in the humanitarian community to leave, second, the country already does not understand what a democracy is or how it works. This is this is the a recipe for success for someone right mm-hmm. who is benefiting on all of this. Not to mention that this is a country that loves hurricanes and earthquakes. Ah, oh, perfect. Why don't I start a hurricane company? <laughs> Right? Why don't I start a, 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 a debris removal company? No? Sounds like, though, with everything that's going on, um, you know, what you're seeing, I think, makes a lot of sense that at the end of the day, there is, quote unquote, chaos, but there is somebody or a group of people who are benefiting from the chaos. So then if this is the lucrative piece, in a sense, why then restore order? Yeah, why? Why fix it? Why? It's like a mechanic. 
you're going to bring the car because your battery is dead. But then two weeks later, your transmission doesn't work. But your transmission worked when you went there the first time. <laughs> what the hell happened? So a lot of people are saying, though, that, you know, the reason for this uh, humanitarian catastrophe slash crisis, uh, I guess, classification is because, you know, the people are hungry. There's fuel shortages. Um, the gangs have riddled the country. And it's essentially many will say that it's the gangs that that run the country. And so violence and security um you know, is just or, or lack of security rather is high. There's food insecurity and that those are the reasons why we are now in a humanitarian crisis as opposed to, you know, this lack of understanding of a democracy, lack of infrastructure and whatnot. Which is which which sounds good. But let me ask you another question. When Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton go to Haiti, do you think they deal with gangs? No. Okay. Do you think they don't have food? No. Do you think there's, they run out of gas? No. Okay. Oh, well, that's a Clinton. It doesn't count. Okay, fine. The U.S. ambassador that has his ace, him or her who has their AC running all day in their car because when they're ready to go from the office to the car, the car has to be cool. Do you think their car is running out of gas? It's not. But the question I would ask is right now, though, would that still be the case? A hundred percent. Okay. Why is it that the private islands, why is that Labadi? Is Labadi not part of Haiti? Well, technically it is, but you know, there's a whole history story on that, that we will not right, bore. But, <laughs> but is, is it not still on that island? It is still on the island, but it's under oh, okay. occupation. But why don't they have a, 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 a gas shortage too? It's still on there's, the island, right? Well, there's an occupation going on over there. Yeah, but hear what I'm saying. That's like saying Brooklyn and Queens. Oh my gosh, Queens is the worst place ever, but everybody in Brooklyn is fine. Is Brooklyn and Queens not a drive from one side to the other? I hear what you're saying. What I'm also <laughs> saying is that it, it's still a different dynamic. So what Exactly. What so you've answered, the, you've answered the question. Why is it that Labadia, I've never heard them have a gas shortage. I've never heard them have any gang. But then every the other side of the same island that's drinking the same water. The same island. But one side of the island has gangs and da 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 but the other side of the same exact island, everything's fine. So then, Sam, let the people huh. know what you're, <laughs> what you're getting at. Because, you know, we... It's, we, it's, 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 it's self-inflicting. It's self-inflicting. There's no way, Rita, that... if I, Why is it that you can live... Uh, there can be a private house across the street from the projects, right? Mm -hmm. There's gang... Gang... Um, Gang, gangs are all over the projects. People are getting shot. But then right across the street, people are super safe in their AC houses in a, in, a, in a mansion. All the Ivy Leagues are in poor neighborhoods. All of them. All of the Ivy League schools in this country are in poor neighborhoods. Why is it that you don't hear gang um, infestation in the Ivy Leagues? Hmm. It's interesting. <laughs> Why? Does that make you, <laughs> you mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, the people who invested the money, the, you know, in the Ivy League universities that have 
billions of dollars in endowments, they said, you know what? Why don't we create a nice little gate right here so that the people across the street in the projects don't come here? So we're going to make sure we have fuel. We're going to make sure we have security. We're going to make sure we have AC. We're going to make sure we have beds. The investments are different, going back to what I said originally. Mm-hmm. Right? So if Royal Caribbean owns Labadi, which is crazy to yeah. me, but that's either here or there, then maybe Royal Caribbean, maybe Royal Caribbean um, will make sure that, you know, Tivacabon is not going to come and ruin their investment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I like where you're going with this investment discussion, right? And so right. where I want to go next is this. So along with Haiti being, you know, declared a humanitarian catastrophe at this point, you know, the news has recently reported that Haiti has decided to request military assistance from the international community. So they're seeking foreign aid. Right. Now, the Haitian community seems to be very divided on whether or not foreign intervention is needed in Haiti. You know, I'm all up on the Instagrams, all up on the social media sites and all this other stuff. And this is an ongoing debate where you have. You, and and this debate is happening amongst Jasper, right? Mm-hmm. 95%, 98%, I will say, individuals who do not live in Haiti. I would probably say more than half have never been to Haiti, right? Um, yeah. And so they're weighing in on this, on, on this discussion. So for somebody who's been to Haiti, who has business in Haiti, what is your take on whether or not military assistance or military intervention is needed at this point? "Quote unquote critical point." Goes back to my point. Mili- the mil- who runs the military? The investors run the military, right? A group of old white men that sit in a room, joint chiefs of staff, that all have investments in wherever the hell they want the military to go, and they send the military there. Okay. So of course we're going to send the military in there so that we can pump more money. What people don't realize is is Military occupation and military presence equals millions of dollars in contracts Mm -hmm. because the military is not just showing up to a country without weapons, uniforms, uh, um, um, technology. They're not, they're not showing without that. They have to buy all those things. So if I own a weapons manufacturing company and I hear that a, a military is going to occupy a new island, Maybe they're going to have to buy $3 million worth of weapons from my company. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't I encourage um, something to happen so that they need more weapons so that my military, so the military can buy from me? Why would I not do that? <laughs> right. Even if I would have to invest in the T-Bundies to being bad and causing drama so that the military can say, oh my God, we need weapons. And so I can say, oh, I have weapons to sell. Oh my God. Thank you so much, Sam. Oh man, we really need your weapons. Sure, here, buy the weapons. And then I take some of the money that you gave me for the weapons and I put it back to the gang members so they can continue to, to create um, chaos. It's a never-ending cycle. Right. Somebody on this call, on this uh, um, show is going to say, oh, he's such a cynic. He doesn't have any um, proof. He doesn't have anything. Like, you know, someone's going to say that, but like we have to look at the, st- the stats and we have to look at the investments. That's why I talk in, in investment. I don't talk in I don't talk in political turmoil. I talk about investments. Someone is investing in the good, and someone's investing in the bad. Right. So going Always. along, 
going along the lines of invest investments, because again, I know I, I want to stay on, on this particular topic. And I know that we only have a mm-hmm. few minutes because you are such a busy, busy man in these streets. Um, so right now amongst the diaspora, again, there are town hall meetings happening all over the country. There are, you know, forums, there's inter, you know, internet questionnaires or whatever with respect to the diaspora helping Haiti. Many have said Mm -hmm. that only the diaspora can save Haiti, right? That, you know, it's not the UN, it's not NATO, it's not, it's not anybody else, but it's the diaspora. And many of us diasporas have either been shamed for not doing enough, but the overarching question for the majority is, well, what the hell do you want us to do? Like exactly the country, you know, is not safe. We cannot go whether some, Mm -hmm. I know people are advocating, let's go, let's go. But you know, we know kidnapping is real. In fact, just the mm-hmm. other day, my friend's parents like literally were two seconds away from getting kidnapped. It's not stable. There's no security. The safety is is not really there, right? If, if we're being mm-hmm. real, if we're being real, are there pockets of where people go? They, they, they have fun. They go on an island. Yes, of course. But if we're talking about Port-au-Prince, if your people are for, for, um, from Port-au-Prince, you're not going to Cafu right now. You're not going mm-hmm. to Cite Soleil right now. It's just not happening. So what exactly, because it's very frustrating, I think, for many diaspora who are met with the, well, it's up to us. What are you doing? We need to do more. We need to do. But we don't know what that is. What At this critical point in Haiti right now, as it's deemed a humanitarian catastrophe, gangs, fuel shortages, food insecurity, what exactly, when people say the diaspora has to step up, what does that, what does that mean? What does that look like? Okay, very good questions. And I love these questions. Um, the diaspora can leverage our biggest power, right? Which is technology, right? There are still companies in Haiti that operate every single day. There's still churches. There are still schools. There are still, there's still companies and churches and humans that still function there. There are websites. I know it's hard to believe, but there's also websites that, that are operating in Haiti. We like to think it's a poor country. No one has a computer. No one has laptops. All these companies and businesses, they don't need investors. All these companies and businesses, they don't need infrastructure. Oh, how do we trust? And how do we know? Who cares? Who cares? Invest in a country. Get to know somebody. Get Create a pen pal. Create a relationship. Go on the U.S. embassy's website, the, the U.S. ambassador's website, and, and talk to the, somebody in the U.S. ambassador that is a credible source that can connect you with a credible business or credible school or credible developer and build a relationship, invest your time and your energy and your money into these folks. Because if it's credibility that we're looking for, we all could go on the internet right now and and, and invest money into Tesla, into Mercedes, into Apple. We don't even know anybody there. But because somebody told us that it's credible, we invest our money into these Bitcoin. Nobody, we didn't talk to a Bitcoin czar. We just went and invested our money. Because somebody said, some article said it was fine. Why can't we do the same with Haiti? Why can't we go to the U.S. ambassador and, and their teams and their small business link on their website and talk to different business owners and invest our money and invest our time so that they can grow, so that they can make decisions for themselves? If I take $10,000 right now and I invest into a business in Haiti that's going to hire 10 to 12, 15, 30 people, I made a huge change as a diaspora from the comfort of my home. Right? Oh, but how do I know that I can just steal the money? Right? Let's take the go through channels 
to ensure that it's going to, I mean, look, it's going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. But it can happen in America too. How do I know that this Ponzi scheme, they're not going to steal my money? They stole my money. <laughs> right here in America, they stole my money. What did I do? Did I, I kick that yell, that scream, I cried, and I moved on. We got to take that same approach with Haiti. And that's what the diaspora could do. Get online. Look at some of these organizations. Not every nonprofit is a sham. Not every nonprofit is a scam. There are some nonprofits in Haiti that are doing some great things. Don't just send them $100. Do an education program. If you're doing education programs for your job, for the white man in America, why you can't do it for, for a school in Haiti? That's how the diaspora can help, and that's how we can change Haiti. How do we vet these organizations? Because I understand what you're saying is that, yeah, you know, it's always a risk, but many of us have got got on one too many occasions because, again, you know, many of us are we're not from the country. You know, if we if we're being honest, yes, our parents are born there, but we've never stepped foot. We don't some of us don't even really speak the language like that. We you know, like so in terms of vetting these organizations, is there is there one, you know, key tool that you could suggest because i'm sure there are many who are like wow i you know what what sam is saying makes a lot of sense but how do we then with with the lack of understanding and lack of knowledge that many of us have of haiti how do we vet these organizations to know because we don't want to keep pouring into a ponzi scheme and not even know it's a ponzi scheme because you know 100 percent. now the the u.s embassy has done a phenomenal job They've done a phenomenal job at connecting with phenomenal companies that are doing phenomenal work in Haiti. So I would recommend that because I have a relationship with the ambassador and the embassy. Mm-hmm. There's also other organizations that that's what they do. They sit there and they vet NGOs, mm-hmm. right? So we got to do some work. We got to Google, we got to go online, and we got to look really into these organizations and these companies. But the first step I would take is the U.S. Embassy's website, which is going to bring you down a rabbit hole to a bunch of other websites that we that that are credible and that we can trust. Mm-hmm. But just like anything else in life, when we're serious about doing something, we're going to feel and we're going to know which ones are shady and which ones are real. Right. And, we're, and, and again, I speak in the word investment. An investment is a risk. You're going to lose. <laughs> You're going to lose, but eventually you will win. Okay. I like that. I like that we ended on a positive note because I feel like when it comes to Haiti, there's just so much going on. Again, I would say in the internet news and the underground news, and it's very disconcerting for a lot of us who love our country, whether we were born there or not, we, we, we were connected in spirit to our country and we feel helpless because we want to be able to assist. We want to one day go be able to go back and vacation right on these beautiful beaches and really just, you know, be one with the country. But with what's happening now, many are scared. Many are frustrated. They really have no direction. And a lot of times these debates that we're seeing online really end up nowhere, right? Like these forums, they end up nowhere. So I like that you were able to kind of identify some real steps, some real actionable, you know, uh, steps and some, some, some real direction for those of us who are really interested in actually assisting um, Haiti in whatever way we can. Right. right. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for having me. I'm so excited.
Of course, of course. Well, thank you so much, Samuel, um, for always being a guest on this show and, you know, shedding shedding your knowledge. Um, we really, really appreciate the time that you took. And so with that being said, everyone, we want to thank you all for tuning in to another episode of According to RP on WJMS Media, powered by Black Ivy Media. It's your girl, Rita Pierre, your host. And as always, I will talk to you guys next week. You were listening to According to RP on WJMS Radio. About time you tuned in. Tune in each and every Sunday. Can't wait to come back. 7 p.m.